Okay, I'm back. Revive Your Soul with Mindy Joy. This is Mindy, and I'm dealing with, or speaking on, and sometimes dealing with, working hard, but nothing is happening. In other words, you're doing the best you can, yet everything feels stagnant, and you can feel overlooked, underappreciated, or just that your work isn't really good. You know, the things that you're developing did God really tell me to do, or maybe you know that God really told you to do something, but why, how, why is, why is there no movement in something? And everybody has felt that everybody has worked really hard. Maybe you studied really hard for a test and you got a C like, thank God you, you passed, (laughs) you know, just certain things. They're just, we feel more resistance when we move forward in certain things. And most of the time, the things that we get the most resistance for that are hardest to do, whether it's through people we're getting resistance or financially, it's, you know, trying to get the funds to do something that is really in your heart to begin, whether it's a business, a ministry, trying to get your family out of a certain neighborhood to have a better life or trying to get your child in a certain school, whatever the thing is that, you know, there's always resistance. I mean, the devil doesn't want us to have squat. The devil, if you're a child of God and you're a believer and you've got something that is going to in some way crush the powers of darkness for you and for other people, um, the devil doesn't like that. So you've got an enemy, number one. So this is, again, doing the best you can, yet you feel stagnant, working hard, but nothing is happening. So I'm going to actually take this to the scripture, and we're going to keep that theme while I go through 1 Corinthians chapter 2, which is what I read this morning. And it, it did speak to this, but in a different angle than maybe you've heard it before. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, And when I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. So here we see Paul, who's a scholar, who everybody thinks like, but you're Paul, like you've got that personality, you've got that kind of um, temperament where you can just go at it. You don't care to get in front of people, and you, you're you just bold like that, Paul. Like you, you're just the type of person that is you don't mind getting whipped. You don't mind getting stoned. You don't mind being shipwrecked. Well, he probably didn't mind it. (laughs) I don't think it was like a picnic for him, but he did it anyway. So it's just like, uh, you know, you've heard that phrase, do it afraid. Um, or, you know, a, a big famous company says, just do it. It's like, we don't know what Paul's emotions with her. I mean, right here, he's saying, and I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom. So in other words, he's like, it wasn't easy for him to say the things that he said. It's not, it wasn't easy for him to always encourage and keep going. And with all the physical attacks he had on his body, who knows, you know, he was probably left weak and hungry sometimes. So he's saying that I did not come to you. I'm going to just kind of, you know, stay with me right here. Let's change these words a little bit and making it modern. And when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God 
with doctor's degrees from Yale, Harvard, and Princeton, with lofty speech. I'm not, he wasn't a podcast, a, a podcast, a YouTube guru or, you know, real popular one that had millions of speeches. He didn't know, like some people, when I hear them talk, like my pastor is like that. I, you know, one day I'm going to ask him how you never went through a phase of saying, yeah, I know, or, um, like you just seem like you were born eloquent and you know how to put words and phrases together that are very interesting and just things that you just want to quote. And, and not only that, they're like, they're hip, you know, they're cool. Like you're just, you're just like a cool, you know, you just got that, you just got that thing. And it just seems natural. Just the way he talks, it just seems like he could just talk like, you know, shoot, how, how do they say, like off the cuff and it, it's just there, like just, just spontaneous. He's just got that. He, he's a wonderful orator just naturally, but not everybody's like that. But that doesn't mean the people that aren't like that, that maybe you're supposed to get up in front of somebody or just say something to one person that, that you don't have something that all of heaven is backing you up, that you're, that got, you know, the ministering angels are with you today saying you're it and you're to go to somebody and say something or have an answer for them or God wants you to bring a check or some cash to somebody or a bag of groceries. That doesn't mean that you're going to be life-changing to somebody or you're going to do something today that's going to just be such an imprint on their heart that's going to maybe one of the stony places of their heart knock that stone out. You don't know that. So, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that we feel confidence when we're going forward. We may not feel confidence what we're doing in what God told us to do, but we don't have to feel confident. That's what I love. One of my favorite scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, says that God uses the foolish things to confound. That means to amaze the wise. God uses foolish people like me to amaze wise people. That means he can use somebody like me to talk to somebody or to encourage somebody who's so much smarter than me and knows how to figure everything out. But with, but he'll use little old me to give a word of love or compassion or, or make them feel appreciated. And it, it blows your mind because it's like, you know, you feel appreciate like my appreciation of you and the words that I I spoke to you that were led by God actually changed you from feeling sad today to happy to go forth with a project or something that um, you were about to quit. You know, you don't know when you say to somebody that they were about to quit. And unfortunately today, a lot of people to the very extreme are considering quitting life, period. The suicide rate is astronomical astronomical I know in our country and especially a young among young people right now and they're not saying it but it's it's really a crisis and so um you don't know what you're going to say today that is going to change that so don't be intimidated because you feel fearful and you feel weak and you feel uh, you know the other part of that scripture he uses the weak things to confound to amaze the mighty he uses weak people to amaze mighty ones so if you are feeling foolish sometimes, you feel like a fool compared to somebody else's smarts, you feel weak compared to somebody else's strength and their accomplishments, that doesn't, your resume in God is not that you're one of the, you know, mighty ones, that you're one of the, you know, real smart ones. If anything, he mostly, I'm not saying only, but he mostly chooses people 
to do things that without him are impossible for that particular individual to succeed at. Like they don't got it. You know, they don't got the background to do that. You know, like, so, I mean, I am totally can point to myself right now, but I I don't want to just have this be about me. But he said in verse four, his speech and his message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that um, your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And let me tell you something. Don't let your faith rest on your power on, oh, that your accomplishments or that you've done this before because each time, each day is different. Each day is a new day that you've never seen before. And, and something that you said to somebody yesterday or somebody, something that you did may not be applicable to today. For example, like yesterday, my pastor was just saying he is the son of the founder of our church. And he was saying, you know, what worked in ministry in the 1970s and 1980s to minister to people. We have, you know, in ministry, the way that churches do ministry, it doesn't work today. Like they didn't have all the social media we have today. They didn't have, it's not the same culture. It doesn't mean the same word of God doesn't work. Like, yes, that never changes. We stick with the word of God, but how we present it and, and the issues that we're dealing with today. And even the way the pastor dresses today, I mean, you know, some people get caught up in like, in religious cows, you know, like sacred cows, like that you have to dress the same way they dressed in the 1970s because this pastor did it. Or you have to have a church where the bima or the platform is like this, because this is how it's always been done. Or the order of service always has to be like this. Like, why do we always think that the beginning of praise and worship has to be fast and then it ends up slow? Who said a worship song can't be fast and a praise song can't be slow? Who said that, um, you know, who, who said that the gifts of the spirit were done with in the book of Acts? You know, who said, who said that we can't all, you know, go out in the streets right after church and start witnessing just because it's never been done before? Who said that you can't take young people overseas? Who said that you can't take old people overseas? Who said that old people were washed up? Who said that the ones in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s don't have anything to give anymore? Who said? You know, so we've got to, um, we've got to see things through God's eyes and not just through, because it's always been like this. We have to be open. Like, like a dear friend of mine says, today's a day we've never seen before, but yet the word, you know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So, um, so make sure that your faith is not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, even the way that you're doing ministry even the things that you're doing. And I'm going to like really smash some religious cows right here, some sacred cows. I said religious cows, but I meant sacred cows that even in the way, because I, I deal with people and I've dealt with like eating disorders and stuff. And sometimes the food plan that you've been on for decades, sometimes that sucker needs to be tweaked. Like the way that you've done exercise, the physical things you do, the way that you've done things, you need to change it up a little bit. Maybe it's not the healthiest thing for you anymore. Maybe in your forties, that was a good, you know, food plan for you. But in your fifties, your body has different needs in your or in your 20s, you ate a certain way, but in your 40s, your body has different needs. The way you exercised in your 20s, maybe you need to stop running or or maybe start running, you know, as, as an exercise, whatever, and look at swimming. I'm just you throwing these things in a, as an example. 
or, or look at weight training, or you need to stop weight training and look at flexibility. Like we get into these things that this is how it's always been. This is how it's always going to be. And even in your relationship, even in marriages, you can't just assume that you know your spouse, you know, and that's just it. You're done. No, you will always, every day of your life, learn new facets. If you just keep it open to God of how amazing your wife or your husband is, or your child, or you're a parent, don't just assume, or your best friend or your friends, don't just assume that put everybody in a box. Oh yeah, I know them. This is how they are because God can do works in people that it'll amaze. Like God is doing a work in all those people that are submitted to God that, you know, things that they were maybe not good at, that is going to amaze people that were smarter than them is going to amaze people that were weaker than them. And so never, ever put down somebody else in the body of Christ or never think that you're, you know, you're, you're just so awesome. Like your big brother, your big sister, and you're going to help this person out of the mire. And, you know, you help this person, you know, maybe get sober, get their feet on, you know, get up on their feet and pay their rent. So, you know, it could be years from now, they're owning a bigger house than you or that person right there that you need to ask their advice because, they are able, they've gotten a whole lot of people, helped a whole lot of people get sober and out of drugs and even took it a step further and out of homeless situations and were able to go further in that than you. So never think that, never underestimate the potential of a child of God. Never ever, you can learn from anybody. We can learn from anybody. I can learn from anybody. And you know, anything that I share with you is things that I had to learn and things I had to be humbled in. So it, it's for all of us. Um, and then First uh, Corinthians chapter two, it says, but we impart, this is like Paul and his group, his ministry group here. He says, I'm going to go on with verse four. He says, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of power so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So when it feels like nothing is going forward, when it feels like you're working hard, but not um, but nothing is happening. You're doing the best you can, yet you're stagnant. Just check yourself. Are you operating in your own strength? What? Maybe God will show you a different way. Maybe there's another angle to look at this thing. Maybe there's another way to do this. Maybe you need help. Maybe just plain, maybe you need another human to be involved and you need to just, you know, we all need to just kind of like tuck our, you know, ego tail and, you know, and just go to somebody and say, could you please help me? You know, we just need to go to somebody and get those words out. Like, um, police, can you, can you do this? You know, and maybe we need to hire somebody and pay a little bit of money because they're an expert at this thing and we need their expertise and we need to just stop thinking that we can do it all by ourselves. So that's part of it too. Sometimes just make sure that that's not the situation. Um, maybe somebody can hear God better on this situation than you. So, you know, we all have different gifts in the body of Christ and other people, they have spiritual gifts. And trust me, I've had sometimes my little child, my son, when he was really little, I remember going through a situation where my late husband, I was on the way to something like to sing him in the hospital. I don't remember. Or he was in the car and I had to rush him to another emergency room because they didn't understand his situation and they couldn't help him. And he was hard of breathing and this and that. And another doctor I called to said, bring him over here. I know what's going on. And I'm trying to drive and drive the best, best I can while keeping oxygen on him. My little boy is in the back seat. And all of a sudden he just said, mommy, he said, God is with us. 
God is with us. And he just, I didn't express to him my fear. I mean, he would been around, you know, that situation for a lot of his young life. So it wasn't new to him that we were rushing to another hospital um, during the times when the devil was trying to take out my husband. But anyways, you know, when he said that little bit, like out of the mouth of a child, it was like, yeah, that's what God was trying to get across my thick skull. Like, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you right now in your car. Like, it's cool. Everything's going to be okay. And like I shared, um, bo- I don't know if I shared on this podcast before, but my late husband, he lived 25 years above and beyond what they said he was going to live. And in that time, if I had to guess, he reached over a thousand people for the Lord. And um, I once did the counting. It was way over a thousand people. He had spoken into people's lives. He um, had spoken into young people's lives where they were about to go into juvie and they did a, a turn. He had spoken to parents' lives that had misunderstood their kids. He had spoken to people who were um, supposed to get certain surgeries or told that they would not live. And he said, no, 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 it ain't going to go that way. And they're still alive today. I mean, he had spoken words of prophetic words to people. He had done so much and beyond. And they said that he would never have a child. He'd never be able to get married. And after he had, he he had some miraculous healings in his life. So his early death was not a victory of the enemy. It was actually defeat of the enemy because of the 25 years that his life was prolonged. He did become an assistant pastor. He traveled overseas and led other people to the Lord. And he was, uh, God used him in great ways to comfort and to be a prophetic voice to many people. And, and I had a child, I have an amazing child right now who's actually ministering to other people and, um, taking care of his grandma. So, you know, in her older age, so he's being used as a great blessing in his young twenties, you know, so, and he's, he's accomplished more in his young twenties that many people in their twenties have accomplished and God is using him more and more. So I just wanted to say that and not, you know, and, and, and yet it felt like nothing was happening. It felt like things were stagnant, but they weren't stagnant. Um, So just remember to be strong in the Lord. And then verse seven says, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So remember you understand something and have great wisdom in something just because you believe in Jesus Christ, just because you believe in Jesus Christ. And if you have faith in Jesus Christ, you have victory. First John 5, 4 says, for everyone born of God is victorious. You are victorious because you're born of God and you have faith in Jesus Christ. Let's just start 101. Let's just start ground zero. You are victorious. So if you're not victorious in something, go to God. And, and maybe he's like, no, no daughter, no son. You're doing absolutely wonderful. Just stay patient. It might be that you just have need of longer endurance because you're already doing everything right and you're pleasing him. And it could be that something, you know, check yourself, like I said, that you need to just ask for help in a certain area, or you've been, you know, a little prideful in something, or you're, God wants you to give a little bit more. There might be something in some area he wants you to plant seed in financially, or he wants you to work a little bit harder, or he, he wants you to go visit some people that you don't want to visit and encourage them. Like just, just check it out because everything, nothing is isolated in God. Everything counts. Everything counts. The way that you respond to your husband or wife is no less important than say like you run a fortune 500 cup 
you know, company and you've got 500 people under you and the way you treat them, you know, you don't get to go home and have an attitude towards your spouse and think that you're pleasing God because God knows how weary you are because you're big and important. Never think that we're bigger and important than anybody else. The way we treat everybody, any 24 hour period from the time we get up to the time we go to sleep, the way we treat people and the way that we represent God is important in every little thing that we do. Um, the way that we speak, the way that we drive, the way that we treat cashiers, the way that we treat, um, you know, anybody, any vendor, you know, that we're working with. Um, so for verse 11, for who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God, except the spirit of God. So this is a reminder that nobody really understands you like God does. Nobody does. And every one of us, like I said, when we're in the body, we're absent from the Lord. You just don't expect everybody to understand you. That's not, that's only God's job. God, nobody created you, but God. So don't expect, don't have an over expectation for your best friend or for, um, anybody or for your spouse or for your parent that you've got to be understood and encouraged 24 seven or your pastor, your pastor hasn't walked in your shoes you know, or that minister, like you're to do your life. You're not supposed to do their life and they're not responsible to do your life. You're responsible to seek God and get some answers on your own. You're responsible to have your own relationship with God. I'm responsible to have my own relationship with God. Oh, how I wish it was easier than that. Oh, how I wish I could just make an appointment with somebody and they could tell me everything. But you know, when I've done that, like when I was younger in the Lord and they would just say, you're on the right path, just keep going. And it's like, can you please give me details and timelines and names and numbers and addresses, <laughs> you know, but some, we all got to walk by faith. God doesn't give an exact blueprint to anybody. Abraham had to walk by faith. David had to show up for the battle. You know, we know that David, King David was a warrior and he won many battles, but God didn't say, ah, oh, you're going to win that. And David didn't just, you know, sit back and say, okay, it's done. Why even fight? Like David still had a fight. They still were tired. They still had to use some physical strength. They had to deal with fearful, you know, when you're in combat and on the front lines, it's not a pretty situation. Like nobody like fighting, you know, means that there's resistance from the other side. You're being resisted and you got to just like barrel through it. We got to barrel through some things and just keep at it. And when it seems like the enemy is losing, like if you watch a boxing match, you know, the, uh, the winner's always bloody. He didn't get, you know, when they lift up his hand and, and, you know, and they do the countdown thing. Um, I'm not, uh, um, a big fan of, um, boxing. Um, I'm not, so I'm not knowledgeable at it. So I don't know how, what the countdown is from, but you know, the champion's always bloody too. So just, you know, remember that, yeah, it's, it's not easy. So if it doesn't feel easy, that means that you're the cream of the crop. You're, you're a fighter. Yeah. Fighting is not easy. Fighting is not easy, my precious brother and sister. So, um, just, that doesn't mean that you're not winning. And then in verse 13, it says, and we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom and taught by the spirit interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So just remember, stay in the word, make sure that you're doing is in line with the scripture and that it's not, you know, it's not easy. Um, and that, um, you're operating in his strength and you're representing spiritual truth. You are an ambassador of the most high God and that you are, you know, and that you, sh we check ourselves that we are doing everything out of a motive of love that the Holy spirit is, 
compelling us to, um, that we want to see other people know God and that we're not going by our, again, our ego or our flesh, because we're trying to attain some, some position because it will just look good and sound good. And then we're fooling ourselves and saying, oh, but this will be an example of what you can accomplish in the body of Christ. Like, no, make sure that really what you're doing is out of a motive of love. If you were never to get accolades for it, would you still do it? Would you still do it? And so, um, just remember that, um, verse, there is going to be rejection. I think it's verse 14 in first Corinthians chapter two. I don't think I know it is the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So remember, you're going to be misunderstood and you're going to be misunderstood by Christians who are in the flesh because the things of the flesh are foreign to the things of the spirit. Um, the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. So if you're doing the right thing, you're doing the right thing, period. Don't feel bad. You're on the right path. Stay on the narrow path for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So let's not be people who are telling the Lord how to run things, but we're open to the Lord, how he's going to run our day today. Okay. So I'm going to pray and, um, sign out of here. Uh, so that you can have your life. I hope that I inspired you in some way. Remember, you have the mind of Christ. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. I thank you that we do have the mind of Christ. I thank you we are overcomers. I thank you we are victorious. So bless every listener today on this podcast that they're going to um, take this word, take your word, not my word, take 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and be victorious in something. They're not going to give up. They know that the best is yet to come and that they keep doing the best that they can, that even though things may feel stagnant or look stagnant. It's not stagnant because they're on your path and you are moving them forward. And I thank you, Father, that we will all continue to work hard, that we will not grow weary in well-doing for in due season. We will reap um, the harvest. We will reap your harvest. We will do your plans. Just keep us in your plans, Father. Just keep giving us those mid-course corrections so that we are doing your perfect will today. In Jesus' name, amen.